All right, so it turns out that late one night, this man is driving down the road, right? He's speeding quite a bit. So a cop notices all this, right? And he pulls him over. The cop says to the man, are you aware of how fast you were going? And so the man says, uh, yes, I am. I'm, I'm trying to escape a, a robbery I got involved in. And the cop is like, whoa, what the heck? And he goes, uh, were you the one being robbed? And the guy says, no, I, actually, I was the one committing the robbery. <laughs> so so <laughs> the cop looks shocked. And the man, you know, he's admitting this, right? So you're telling me you were speeding and committed a robbery? And the man says calmly, yes. I have, uh, I have the loot in the back, in fact. It's a, <laughs> so the cop begins to get angry. Sir, I, I'm afraid you have to come with me. And the cop reaches uh, in the window to subdue the man. And the man says right away, no, 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 don't do that. I'm scared you'll find my gun in the glove compartment. <laughs> and the cop pulls his hand out. Listen, wait here, he says, right? So the, co- the cop, of course, he calls for backup. Soon, cops, cars, and helicopters are flooding the area. The man is cuffed quickly, and he's taken towards uh, a car. However, just before he gets in, a cop walks up to him and says, while gesturing to the, to the cop that pulled him over, Okay, so, sir, this officer informed us that you, you've committed a robbery, that you've stolen loot in the trunk of your car, and you have a loaded gun in your glove compartment. But uh, we found none of those things in your car. And so the man says, yeah, and I bet that liar said I was speeding, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> I always like that one. Um, and, and that joke actually resonates really well with what I want to talk about now. It's about exaggerating to make a point, right? And... This is what we're seeing. Have you noticed this in the, in, in the wake of the election, Ari, that your liberal friends, the two of them that you have. Uh, oh, yeah, them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have lots. Okay. They. Uh, You're obviously not doing something right. <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> okay, I got to cloister myself in the bubble, right? The Brooklyn bubble. Anyway, um, they, um, they will say that Bannon the guy that he, uh, the Trump appointed for the chief strategist and otherwise, that he's a, uh, an anti-Semite, a fascist no less. Uh, and then you have other people that we talked about before who you know, say that, are afraid that Trump is going to throw all the Syrians, or for that matter, any Muslims into some sort of uh, concentration camp or even kill them, just plain, you know, plain and simple. Gas chambers, you know, it's, it's what they, in their imagination runs to. Uh, that uh, all abortions will be deemed immediately illegal. In fact, retroactively illegal. If you've had one uh, even 10 years ago, you're going to go to jail. Uh, And then likewise, if you're gay, well, then you're also going to be forced to go under some sort of conversion therapy, okay? Or, and if failing that, you'll be hung like they do in Iran, okay? So you you see these crazy propositions. And it, it only makes me think of one thing, which is, kind of like this joke that I just told you, you know, you, you end up telling such bizarre fantasies out there, such bizarre, not, not fantasies, I suppose, such bizarre um, uh, end-of-the-world scenarios that you can't take them seriously, right? So what happens, my dear liberal friend, when it turns out that there are no Syrian immigrants or Muslims sent to gas chambers 
right? No less. What happens when abortions is still available on demand? What happens when gays are allowed to, uh, to enjoy their lives like anyone else? What, what, what then? All these end-of-the-world scenarios that you predicted, what then? I, I had on... Uh, but it, it doesn't matter to them, Ari. They, they just keep on pushing forward with the mantra that, uh, that there's mounting evidence that uh, Bannon, for example, is an anti-Semite, Okay. And like, okay, you present them evidence like, well, let me get this straight. First of all, he's with Breitbart. He was with Breitbart, which is founded by a Jew and had a tremendous number of Jews running the show uh, who are conservative Jews. And was a pro-Israel site, which is not right. an attribute most neo-Nazi cloisters share. Right, exactly right. So, like, but they, that doesn't matter to them. And then and it also doesn't matter to them that the Bannon you know, anti-Semite that he was, decided that he's going to marry a Jew, right? So, you know, because that's what anti-Semites do. They marry Jews. Right, just like Trump's children. That's like the, right, that's exactly like the right. thing they do. <laughs> right. You know, they're trying to convert them. Right, so if you're, if you're racist against blacks, you would marry, marry them. There you try go. to convert them away from being black. <laughs> oh, I, I guess. And, uh, and, and then, I, I don't know. I mean, it's so stupid. Like, but, but his court, in the court papers... That his ex-wife said, because they got divorced, uh, in the file says that he's an anti-Semite. Well, wait a minute. I, well, so he was an anti-Semite. <laughs> Maybe he just didn't like you, lady. <laughs> and you happen to be Jewish. Uh, who knows and who cares what the, the nature was of, of their dispute. But, I mean, this is not the first time in court, divorce court history where, where a spouse says something nasty about the other spouse. Surprise. This is what spouses do in divorce proceedings. Are you sure? Okay. And and why stop there? Why not call him a child molester? Because that's one of the most common refrains that you get from from women, especially about their former husbands, is that they were that they molested the children, that the father molested the children. It's it's despicable, and it's about you know ninety eight percent of the times it's utterly false. But it's something that throw in there that puts the father on the defensive, right? And it's usually the father because it's it's hard to argue the mother was molesting the children, so. Uh, but, but nevertheless, this is what they rely on. So I pointed out to a couple of my liberal friends who kind of presented this to me as, as great evidence. Like, really? Uh, for real? You're, you're saying this? Yes. Kind of said, like, okay. that's the hill you want to die on, then the factual right. versus unfactual arguments vis-a-vis -vis Donald Trump, that right. one. And, and a lot of these people that are saying this are divorced themselves. And I was able to, and I know the names of their spouses. Sometimes it's a husband, sometimes it's a wife. You know, in your, in, your, in your battle with your ex, did they say something in the papers that you felt was not quite accurate? And, and there's this long pause, like, yeah. <laughs> like, could it be that this statement that this ex-wife said about him being anti-Semitic might have been such a thing? It was very fun. Anyway, the, 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 the latest, and I don't want to drill down on Bannon because it's not all about Bannon. It's about a, a, extremist thinking. It's about the arguments they always make about conservatives. Of course. And it course. goes, I believe, to the cry wolf. Yeah, but, but, but the, Bannon, the, the last thing about Bannon I'll say is that so then, they, then they'll throw extra goodies at you. And the extra goodie is that uh, there's an article from, I don't know which paper it was, but the... And it's now going around Facebook and the social media and such that at one point when Bannon uh, was going to Archer, which is a school for girls here in uh, Los Angeles, uh, he has a daughter. 
and he was doing a visit of the school grounds to see if this school was appropriate for his girl and such like that. He, he noticed in the library and he, uh, that there were the various books, and he, and he says, how come there are so many books about Hanukkah here? Okay, To which you would say, this is classic anti-Semitism, right? <laughs> like, like, what? And, and, and serious newspaper outlets are, are, saying, are saying, that's the title, okay? Bannon, colon, why are there so many Hanukkah books here? That's the lead of their article. That's what they have, right? And it's, it's like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Could it be? That there are anti, there is not anti-Semitic reasons why he said that. I don't even I don't see how you could even get to the anti-Semitic thing. But he has a, a, a wife, an ex-wife, and a wife at the time who was Jewish, um, and a daughter who is Jewish, and he's anti-Semitic somehow. Okay, that's cute, right? Could it be that he asked the question, "Why are there so many books about Hanukkah here?" Because he thought, you know, it would be nice also to have books about Christmas here, right? that there was not enough representation for other faiths, right? Or let's say it's a Jewish school, right? No, no, it, it's not a Jewish school. It's a, it's a school where there are a lot of Jewish girls. Uh, it's, it's an area where there's a lot of Jewish girls. Oh, it's just a private... Yeah, it happens to be private. Oh, but, okay. The, the but their, cli- was... their clientele has a lot of uh, Jews there. So not, not surprisingly, they have a lot of books about Judaism. Likewise, uh, when I was a, a young boy and I went to an all-boys school in Connecticut... Uh, most of the schools were, uh, most of the books were about Christmas, and and that's fine. And and I remember saying, why are there only books about Christmas? Why why aren't there books about Hanukkah? And right? you're not an anti-Christian. As it turns out, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually I yeah. actually like Christians. The, the point I was going to make in his favor is this, which is it would be perfectly reasonable because I would ask that question, which would be, Hanukkah is in general a more minor holiday in Judaism. Why aren't there more oh. books about Yom Kippur and Passover? Right, or Purim, or... Yeah, you're right. Good point. That's a really good point. Or Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. Yeah. Um, good, good for you. That's a good example. And, but for them to just conclude right. that the reason why he asked the question is because it's those Jews, you know, the, but, that they're running this, this school. Right. Like, wait a minute. Your daughter is Jewish. You know, okay, this is, this is too stupid, right? I don't even want to talk too much about it because it's so stupid. It gives life to something that is not meaningful. And I don't want to drill down on this. No, no, that's, that's not Because my, it's so stupid. That's not my point at all about it. It's the, the place, I, the thing I was going to ask is, uh, uh, how how does any evidence, rock solid, beyond a reasonable doubt, evidence exist that this conversation even happened? And how dare major media report it as factual when there's no, was he being followed around by a Breitbart reporter? Like it was was James O'Keefe videotaping him? No, of course not. When and, this and, happened, and, and what happened was it was some vague recollection of the librarian. Who oh. says, "Oh yeah, Bannon was here once, and his daughter was here, and I think he had a question about why there were Hanukkah books here." Well, how did he say it? Well, he said, "How come there are so many Hanukkah books?" I don't know exactly how he said it. So, so that, that take a, takes a life of its own, right? And I suppose the librarian is not a supporter. Uh, I don't know, and I don't care, right? <laughs> right. Uh, and I won't pretend to know. Uh, so, but they pretend to know everything. But, but then when you tell these same people, exactly the same people. Well, how about that comment that Hillary Clinton made back in 1974 about the campaign manager for Bill Clinton and how she described the campaign manager, who, who happened to be Jewish, as a... Certain word. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah a, a dirty effing Jew. 
Bastard. No, bastard, yeah. yeah. Dirty effing Jew bastard. I don't even think dirty was Yeah, yeah. effing Jew. Yeah, Ephesus is an effing, right? Yeah. He's an effing Jew bastard, and, and then you tell that to them, and they jump all over you. You have no evidence for that, except for the, the three or four people who say that they actually heard it. You know, you can also say you have no evidence that the Bill Clinton raped anybody other than the woman who claimed to be raped, right? Other than that, you know, you don't have any witnesses. Just like it's, you might as well say, you know, and that's what they do in Islam, by the way. You have to have four male witnesses to the rape in order to actually convict the rapist, right? Yeah. Nice. That's a cute one. Yeah. Okay. So it, only if there's video going on of exactly what you, needs to be said, that's, that's clear evidence. But, you know, they have this whole kind of machine that's going on, a Clinton defense machine, which no matter what she's said or done, you don't have evidence of that. But when they present it about Bannon, and, they, and this is the best they have, you know, that, that everyone else is, is not anti-Semitic. Everyone else is pro-Israel. Keith but, Ellison is right. pro-Israel and not anti-Semitic. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. But, well, hang on. But I'm talking about the, the, the administration for Trump. Right. That all of them are pro-Israel and the very reasonable and everything. But Bannon, oof, well, he's going to completely, you know, he's, he's going to infect them all. He's going to make them all into monsters, you know, like a zombie, right? He's going to, you know, be, bite them all. This is, this is crazy talk, right? I mean, putting aside the fact that, that Trump will have his own mind, right? And, and it's not as if, what do, they, what do they think is going to happen with Bannon as the chief strategist? He's going to strategize to destroy Israel. He's going to secretly do some sort of plotting to, to hurt Jewish America. What the frig is this all well, about? Well, I think, let me tell you what actually will happen, what they're really afraid of. He will get Jews to vote Republican. <laughs> oh, that would All be a conspiracy. Right. But there's that's, another... a, that's, a, that's a perfectly yeah. fine conspiracy and, be on and, my part. And as an attorney who yeah. plays chess, uh, let me point out this cascade of little facts and see what you think of this. They're pointing out these, these attributes of Bannon that have no actual evidence on the one hand and have no corroborating overlap to actual behavior post facto. Right. On the other hand, Hillary Clinton calls this campaign manager a certain word Jew bastard. Right. And then has a history of belligerent policy and opinion and actions towards Israel. Bill Clinton is suspected of raping a certain woman but then is accused of sexually harassing another, biting the lip of a third, having extramarital affairs with a fourth, and having a physiological reaction that results in the emission of a certain DNA substance on the blue dress I of get, another. I, yeah, I get the it. point is there's a whole litany of evidence in both Bill and Hillary's case to back up the original right. claim. He, he acts consistently with, uh, as a rapist. Would act right. Okay, yes. that's that's your point, and they don't have that with uh, with with Bannon. with Bannon by any stretch, and 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 nothing. What they have, it, it doesn't make sense at all, at all anyway. So again, I, we're drilling down too much on Bannon. I want to get to the larger picture. The larger picture is this extremist language about what's going to happen it, with the Trump administration. That that Nazis are going to take over. We're, we're all going to be goose stepping our way to push out the gays and, uh, you know, the feminists and the Muslims uh, from this country, and, of course, the Hispanics. Uh, all of those are going to be suddenly, we're all going to be cowering in fear as, 
as the, the fascists known as the new Republicans or the alt-right Republicans, if you want. They're going to be taking over. Except there is a problem along the way. What's that problem, you ask? If they are truly conservative, and they are, let's say, because that's the fear that they're you know, truly conservative, you say to yourself, well, let's see. Fascists and Nazis, and for that matter, communists, they all had one thing in common, which is that they wanted to have an overarching control of the state and take control of every aspect of people's lives and certainly suppress any individuality of anybody, right? No freedom of expression as such. That is the common thing among all those things I just mentioned, fascism, communism, and Nazism, right? Um, there are very little differences uh, among the three of them. Conservatism, by contrast, says we like limited government. We want to expand the individual freedoms of, of the individual, right? How do you get those two together? How do you square that, my friends? And you forgot one other. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, oh. How do you square those things? That the notion that you, you, all this goose-stepping and uh, he Zeke Hiles that you're afraid of, that, that somehow uh, that's going to come to a theater near you. Right, because of this conservative, this ultra, this alt-right conservatism, but but that's not conservatism. How do you square that? How? Right? It, it doesn't it doesn't compute as they say in the Star Trek uh, shows, right? In the old Star Treks, where you you send a com conflicting signals, right? Conflicting programming, and you see the computer start to smoke and it eventually explodes because it it can't handle the competing programming. Two plus two equals four. The only answer I want is three. Two plus two is four. The only answer I want is three. <laughs> that's right. Figure it out. That's what it is. <laughs> right. That's exactly what it is. And, and and that's lost in all this. And what's going to be so fun at the end of the day is they, they've made such a bizarre bar for themselves that these things are going to happen that you and I know uh, wouldn't happen under any conservative, conservative uh, governance and can't happen in America anyway. These things are going to, and, and they say it's going to happen, and it's not going to happen by any stretch. Whatever shall they say then when the four years pass, and then they say, oh, well, I guess we were wrong. They won't say that, of course, but we'll point it out to them. But you left out one attribute which is you forgot to mention co total command and control of the economy. Yes. Fascism, not, uh, socialism, communism. Right. All aspects of leftist, essentially modern Democrat party thought. Yeah. Let's control the economy. Let's control the currency. Let's control the, the levers of production and all the control of human beings, free thought and everything. Right. And, and that's the very, very, very antithesis of, of conservatism on top of all the other individual liberty stuff. Yeah, it's an impossible thing to square. But I want to just add one, one very important point, which is they do have history on their side doing this. Now, what does Ari mean by that? George Bush. From the second George Bush survived having the 2000 election stolen from him by Al Gore, they did this exact ridiculous full court press on him, starting with President Select and starting with Bush tried to steal the election when it was really gore. Then 9-11 happened, and then Bush lied, people died, weapons of mass destruction, uh, lied us into wars, blood for oil, uh, you know, all of those ridiculous mantras. And they all worked. Maybe not with all Americans, and maybe after eight years of Bush, the election pendulum was due to swing in the Democrats' favor in 2006 and 2008. Sure. No, no matter. It did. But the fact is, if, you, if people learn from experience, 
by trying something, and if it works, you do it again. They learned that with Bush. This is exactly the playbook. This is not unique. They're not trying something new with Bannon and, and Trump in this case. They're doing the same old tired thing. Well, I don't know. And, and it's working on their own people. I don't know, but because the, the difference from what I'm saying, and hear me out, the B- Bush's taking us into Iraq was the thing that they were complaining about. Trump, Trump will not be uh, escorting um, immigrants into the gas chambers or Syrians into this or criminalizing abortion or anything else. like that. None of those things will happen the way they talk about it. And they talk about being fearful and such like this. You know, what will happen is that they'll enforce the laws as they are, the immigration laws, and they'll say, listen, I'm sorry, sir, you can't come in because you're, you don't have papers and you're, you're not legal in this country. And they'll call that some sort of, you know, roughhousing and, and terrible uh, discrimination of rights. I get that. But it's, it's nothing like, like what you're describing. That's my personal opinion. But, but look, here's what I, the overarching principle. Just like the joke, the way that the, the, the guy, the, the driver who was being ticketed with speeding. He, how did he get away with it? He got away with it by creating fantasy, right? That's the notion. And, and that's what makes this so funny is that uh, the, he got the driver to talk in such fantastical language that it got to the point where he, he, he was portrayed as a liar and, and off he goes, right? So same thing with the liberals. They, they get into fantasy language. Now, it's not for the purpose of, of getting away with something. That's where the, the analogy breaks. But they get into this, this rhythm of fantasy. And here's the question. How is it possible that such intelligent people, they, after all, they all have college degrees, some, some of them have PhDs, they actually utter these words that we're talking about, talking about goose-stepping and Nazi salutes and gas chambers and uh, and and us making this association with conservatism, that it's so far-fetched and so preposterous and frankly laughable, and yet they believe it. How is it that they can get to these points? I have my theory. What do you think? Why do you think they can be can engage in such fantastical thinking? Because the premise of how you phrase the question. This is not criticism of you. It's a it's a it's a. It's a criticism of how you phrase the question, which is reasonable because the question you ask is actually a good one. You dirty effing Jew bastard. (laughs) How can intelligent people believe this stuff? The answer is they don't. These people are not intelligent. Yes. That's the answer. Yes, yes. And the other thing, and I think this is the real chili hit the cheese moment, and you might not like hearing it said on this family-oriented podcast. I'm going to say something really, 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 really dirty. Democrats are the modern Nazis. Democrats, okay, so- uh, Democrats harbor enough attributes of, the, of oppressive regimes, whether it's speech codes on college campuses, the re-education camps and the, if you will, gulag of ideas and the way harsh punishments are meted out for non-crimes on, on the college campus, the way people are excoriated for saying a slip of the tongue into politically incorrect jargon on TV to the point their lives are ruined. They lose employment and stature. I, I, I get it. I get it. You know, and singled it. out as enemies of the state, yeah. all the way up to the abortion no, but, industry. But, okay, so now to turn it back to you. My final point to square the circle is that it's a simple case 
of non-intelligent people engaging in projection about the attributes they themselves hold in life and trying to label others to absolve themselves of their own sin. Okay, so I appreciate that. But to turn the, the, the question back to you, uh, and when I was saying that you were saying they're, they're not intelligent, I was saying yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm simply agree- I'm agreeing with your characterization of what you were yourself saying. I disagree with you. I think they are very intelligent. Um, uh, most of the liberals I know that I engage with, at least, I consider to be very intelligent. They consider me to be very intelligent. The difference is they, they think I'm some sort of a wild exception to the general rule. To me, I think that I, I just take their intelligence uh, uh, for granted. I don't assume that they're somehow um, among the dummies out there, that they're, that they're a, a rare breed or something like that. I don't, I don't believe that. But what you're saying is a description of the problem, but not necessarily the cause of the problem. And I, that was my question. Well, I have, wait, 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 I wait, have wait, the wait, Hold on, hold on. Yes. The question is, why do they engage in this fantastic... How can it be better yet, that they can engage in this fantastical thinking? That's the question. This is the answer. And there's a word for it that isn't the fully, fully encapsulates this exact problem, but it it presents an interesting analogy and an accurate analogy. They are in essence racist, except they're not biased against a race of people who harbor a genetic makeup or attribute. They're racist against a group of people who think things other than them. So maybe the term elitist is a better description. But essentially what they have is they hold the same biases intelligent people in other eras of America held Mm -hmm. against racial minorities. Example, just ask this hypothetical question. Let's go to the year 1946, before the um, Major League Baseball had Jackie Robinson break the color barrier. Is it possible that intelligent people in 1946, believe that it was an intelligent position to hold that black people should in no way ever play Major League Baseball. You're asking me that? I, yeah. I, I don't know. Well, it's, of course it's possible. There's, it's possible for people with high IQs. Oh, I see. Who could, who could read intellectual tomes of right. literature. Yes, your intellectual people thought this. Yes. Yes, I, I, I agree. Yeah. So the point is, it's a completely irrational position. When Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier, followed by Satchel Paige, Willie Mays, all these other baseball players, it showed intelligent people who had this bias, this irrational bias, oh, maybe I was wrong. Okay, and they realigned that flaw in their thinking to the rest of the common sense they held. Uh, It's this way with modern liberals who are believing this stuff. And yes, not all liberals are believing this, but there is a bias out there. And I encounter too. I have friends on Facebook who post this stuff. And you say to them, are you serious? You really think I believe that? Jewish conservative me? You really think my gay conservative friend thinks this? They think you're so stupid as to... They think that you're blinded to the reality of how Trump is truly anti-Israel, truly anti-Semitic, uh, that he really, and he's racist for that matter, and uh, you know, against all things that are not white and pure in America. That's, that's, what, he, that's what they will tell you. But, but here's my take on this, Ari. I, I'm once again fascinated by the ability of people to delude themselves into fantastical bizarre notions such as the ones we've been describing, right? That, that 
women uh, will go to jail for having abortions, uh, that, that uh, gays will be forced into re-education camps, that uh, Syrians and other Muslims will be sent to the gas chambers, and if they're lucky, they'll be sent just back home to the Middle East. Uh, that's, that's what they think. And, and these are the, the bizarre notions, right? And of course, it's fantastical. Right-minded people, people who've been on the planet for 50-plus years are saying this. And, 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 they, and they forget that they said this about Reagan. They said this about Bush. And now they're saying about it, Trump. And Eisenhower and Goldwater. Yes, absolutely. All, all those the way things. back to Calvin Coolidge yeah, yeah. before. Crazy. But, but they, yeah. of course, they, they have no reference yeah. to time. I, I, it, it goes back to the, the quotation from G.K. Chesterton, who said and observed very brilliantly, I think, when you don't believe in God, you don't believe in nothing, you believe in anything. Okay, very wise statement. And, and the more I, I spend time on the planet, the more I realize how true that statement is. It is very hard to be in a world without God and then have a rational center, a moral center in your life where logic and kindness and morality prevail. It, it just can't. It's, it's um. It's the same as taking away the sun from the solar system, plucking out the sun, and then expecting the, the planets to continue revolving in nice concentric, uh, concentric circles. It ain't going to happen. You take away a god, and those planets will go anywhere. Okay? You have no notion of where they are, other than, uh, I guess, some, you can do some physics formula, I suppose. But, but it's, even, it's even more irrational when it comes to the, the, the planetary scheme of ideas, shall we say. You pluck out god from this solar system, if you will, and their ideas go anywhere. Yeah, all logic falls apart. All but, logic. But in, you just... All, all morality. You just furthered my point in an amazing way, and let me create the bridge point in mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah. What, what I'm trying to talk about here is hatred, and hatred by definition, and I'm talking raw hatred. There's, you and I hate evil. But there's a, there's a rationality to hating evil, and it's a good thing to hate evil. But pure hatred for hatred's sake is blinding. That's why the Nazis were so irrational. That's why the communists who hate free market capitalism and individualism fail and are so irrational. That's why the, the sclerotic, decrepit states that are governed by these Nazis— you, you had me at sclerotic— Yes, it's cool. I know. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's good. Um, Hopefully I won't lose my train of thought. When you see (laughs) states governed by these irrational forms of of governance, hatred and evil and irrationality prevail. Mm -hmm. So what I'm talking about, this irrational hatred of conservatives, at its core, is antithetical to... Having Antithetical. a core, uh, huh? Antithetical. Antith- antith- that word, uh, <laughs> of of having God as your core value, and then furthermore, it drives the planets even more askew. And hatred is addictive and blinding. So when you hate, the only salve for it, like being a binge drinker, is more drinking, is more hatred. Yeah, no, I, I agree. So but they're they're yeah. blinded and blinded and addicted to this hatred. And no matter how much you say, I who hold these values that are just different than yours are not worthy of your hatred only makes them hate you more and only makes I, them hate yeah, logic yeah, no, more. I, I agree. And, I, then, I, and then the final 
piece of it because you brought up God is God is, is his essence is good and is loving. So, of course, hatred fills the vacuum where God has been evacuated uh, from. I, I, I know what you're saying. I don't know that God is always uh, the question about loving. I think, uh, you know, that's we can argue about that not in another God, podcast. Not oh, it's, it's OK. It's OK. I just mean when it's OK. It's uh, all right. It's not about God being loving. It's it, the, the point is that it's not I don't even think it's about love versus hate. I think it's about the ability to see clearly. I don't. I, I think for whatever reason, when when you don't have God in your life, you have a lot more murkiness in the purpose in your life. That there there really can be no purpose because without God, there's there's no purpose. As I write in my one of my chapters, my favorite chapter, my book, there's no time without God. And when you think about it, I, I don't want to get into the details of it, but there's no time as we think of it. There is no time. Okay, there, there is of course time in a cosmic sense, but not in a human sense. And there's no morality. There's no purpose. There's no beauty. There's no justice. There's no charity. There's no profit. There, I mean, everything that, so many things I can tell you that, that have no concept, have no meaning without time. And same thing with, without God, um, you can't have time at all. And God provides the sense of purpose and therefore the clarity that we all need. You cannot have it. Once you pluck out time, uh, God rather, you pluck out everything that goes with God, all the things that God necessary, that necessary flow from God. And so no surprise that they, they come up with these bizarre ways of thinking that in order to explain wherever they, they want to be. I mean, it's, it, there's just, it's like being spun around the room and then trying to figure out which way is north. That's right. And you talked about clarity. And this is what I'm getting at. Um, when I said God is loving, I don't mean God loves. I'm saying what God wants us to do is treat each other with love and patience. So we don't, we're not at each other's throats. Like, let's just say, uh, you know, I, you, I got it. Yeah. you bring up over and over in this podcast, in fact, um, the idea of seeing a car speeding uh, or away from a 7-Eleven after a woman runs into it quickly. And you've brought up the analogy. It's a very good one. Well, what happened? Did the woman just rob the 7-Eleven or is she pregnant and felt her water break? Mm -hmm. You understand? Well, one of the things that conservatives in general are more apt to do is, as Prager says, think a second time and cut people slack for that one second more to arrive at a moment of clarity before they blow their cool at someone. Right? Yeah. And what we're seeing is a massive blowing of cool at conservatives by these liberals without them taking a breath and trying to think clearly with a moment of clarity about people they know in real life before they attribute uh, qualities to them that they heard from a faraway newspaper publisher or media yeah, source. Yeah, I, I get it. And, and, and to wrap up, though, I, I think that you can't even get that clarity. I, I, I know... What you're, what you're asking them to do is to achieve a clarity that they can never get unless they have God in the first place. They just, it just can't happen. It's like asking uh, a dog to ride a bicycle. They just they don't have the capacity to do so. Okay? And you, you cannot have the capacity to think clearly unless you have the gift of God in your life. It's just, it's just not going to happen. So even if you give them a couple of seconds extra to think about their positions, think a second time, as you say, it ain't going to happen unless you really have that clarity of God. I think that's what's happening right now. It's, it's yet again another illustration of the irrational nature 
of liberalism, of, of, I should say leftism, because there ain't such a thing as liberalism really anymore. Leftism ha is, has raised its ugly head yet again. Why? Because, well, a conservative man or, or the threat of a conservative man is going to be uh, the president, and now it's all coming out again. Whereas when Obama was president, well, they were, they were, they were just, you know, like the pig in their own mud. You know, they, this is what they understood, right? Or, or better yet, a fish in water. It didn't, didn't even doesn't, they don't even know that they're in water, right? But now the fish is out of the water, and now he's gasping for air and doing very irrational, crazy things. All right, don't go away. We'll be right back. Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, your client loaned $100,000 to a former business partner to use to flip properties, but the former partner used the money to pay off his own personal debts. Yeah, Dennis, the challenge here was that the defendant claimed to not have any money. Even his own lawyer claimed the defendant wasn't paying him. So how did you resolve it? Well, we put his money where his mouth was, asking, why don't you just agree to stipulate to a judgment that would save our client and his is tens of thousands of dollars pursuing this matter in court. Now my client has a judgment as though he had gone to trial and won. Well, that's another real success. Folks, I trust Barack Lurie with my own legalities. Call him at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie and Seltzer. 866-575-8111. And now listen to the Barack Lurie Show Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on AM 870, The Answer. God in the previous concept, uh, previous uh, portion of this podcast. I, I really do love talking about God. It's just, there's so many aspects. It's, um, and I'm not just talking Talmudically or from the Torah, generally speaking. I just, like, we, for example, we talked about time, right? The, the time is meaningless without God. People are very funny. They, and atheists, you know, they, they fascinate me because, first of all, I, I was once an atheist, so I know how they think. Um, but their notion they, they, they despise the notion of God. They think God is an anachronism. They think it's stupid. We can live without God. In fact, we can live, have a better society without God, don't you know? But everything that they advance, that they want in this better society without God, requires God. What do I mean by that? I mean like time. We talked about time. You cannot have uh, time as we think of it without God. And it's a long explanation in my book. But very simply put, all you need to do is look at the differences between us on the one hand and the way we handle time and how animals handle time, okay? There is no time for animals. The chimpanzee in the, in the wild jungle, he doesn't know jack about his past or his future. He doesn't think, uh, wake up in the morning and say, how can I you know, best advance my needs as a chimpanzee today? And uh, how can I be a better chimpanzee for tomorrow and for my children and leave a legacy for my children? They don't, he doesn't think this way. He doesn't walk around, you know, he doesn't you know, swing around the branches and say, here I swing just like my pappy did and uh, my, my great-grandpappy before him. Okay, it doesn't, doesn't work that way. All they know is what's happening today, right now with a capital N, and they've got three missions. 
to mate, to eat, and to not be eaten. That's it. Thank you. Come again. Okay, that's it. There's no fathers. There's no legacy. There's no children. They don't even know what a past is. They don't even know that there's, uh, there's been a year passing or anything else like that. But time is necessary for humans, for, for us to progress, right? Have to, but it's a fiction. It's a total fiction. And when you, then you ask yourself, why do we even have this? Is it really so that we can get on Tildy from the airport on time? Is that the real reason why we have time? No. Time ultimately is about advancing the great human cause. And that is to morality, justice, and beauty. Okay, that's it. And, and, and other things that only can be associated with God. If you don't have God, those things all go poof. You can't have morality without time. You can't have justice without time. Every time I go into court and I argue something, it's about something that happened five, four, three years ago. If there's no time, then we wouldn't be talking about that. You know, going back to our chimpanzee in the jungle, some, some lion may have attacked him. Okay, you think he's going to bear a grudge against the lion? No, he won't even remember the lion. It has nothing to do with him. Time is, an, is, an, is a concoction that we have made for one single purpose, and that is to get closer to God through justice, through morality, uh, and through beauty. That's it. That's it. And one of the, an, an, the, the, the failures to compute, like we talked about before, when we talk about conservatism and, uh, and fascism, right? And they, they, they don't go hand in hand. They're exactly the opposite of each other, right? So one of the failures to compute with atheism is, well, if you don't believe in God, you shouldn't care about time either. You should be embracing the law of the jungle because there's no reason for you to have a purpose for anything, right? Bottom line. Anyway, I, I belabor too much on that. Issue, well, but, but, it, I, but, I, but I love this point. I don't think you're belaboring too much. I think you belabored the exact amount because what was the last thing you said? If you're a socialist, you shouldn't care about time? Yeah. They don't. I know. They steal time from people. That's they right. waste time. There's no, there's no urgency. They don't even consider the, the, the necessary things to be done in a timely manner right. Efficiency. to accomplish human right. existence in a way that derives any pleasure or any accomplishment. Right. There's in fact, they, don't, they want the opposite. They want no one to accomplish anything. The accomplishment of progress is the exact enemy of the progressive. Right. Unions are a good example of this. Socialism. It, Those it, shovels it, don't stand up by themselves. <laughs> uh, this, this notion of overtime work, the minimum wage, all the things that we, we ascribe correctly to liberal uh, uh, policies, these are, they're, they're not efficient. Right, and efficiency by definition, you know, invokes the notion of time. Right? Yes. You're efficient if you can get, I don't know, you can screw on uh, ten caps of the beer bottles versus only two in the same amount of time. Okay, it's always time, time, time. And uh, this is the element that I, th I find fascinating about, about atheism and socialism because they so often go hand in hand. There is no need for innovation, for example. Why innovate anything? In a socialist world, that, that's why virtually nothing comes out. I'm not not zero, but virtually nothing comes out of uh, Scandinavia. Uh, Nokia came Nokia came out of uh, Norway, I think it was. But okay, yeah, they have they have their accidents, but they're not truly doing it right. No. What 
efficiency, what innovation is coming out of North Korea? And don't say things that were made in other places that they're just copycatting, like <laughs> well, of weapons. Course. Of course. What, it's nothing, what real nothing. innovation has has or will ever come out of North Korea? Right. That's the question as liberals. I'm waiting, liberals. Where is it? Light rail, right. Agenda 21 housing, sustainable development. Where? Right. I ask the atheist, and, and we have a couple of them at least who have written to us directly uh, from this podcast. I ask the atheist, if you are truly godless, meaning that you really find the notion of God to be an anachronism, it's something from the, 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 the past, the silly past, you know, not much further removed from the many gods of the Greeks and the Romans and all the silly gods of the Aztecs and so on. Uh, I understand your argument. I've, I've heard it. I've made them, those arguments myself. If you believe that, however, uh, and that, and you therefore decide to abandon any notion of a deity of any kind, that there's any ruler of the universe or any creation of the universe, that er- that everything is truly random. I mean, that, that's the nice thing about understanding atheism is because you truly uh, one one word that can describe atheism is randomness, right? It must be random. Every, evolution, by definition, is about randomness, right? The way that this universe came to be is random. And you better find, you know, notwithstanding all the odds and probabilities that it couldn't be random, you know what? It happened anyway, okay? But they have to have a random explanation for what they are seeing before them right now. And it doesn't make any sense. There's the, you can throw the probabilities at them all day long, statistically, that this cannot be random. But they'll still say to you that it's random. Okay, let's say... Let's take for your for the sake of discussion, Mr. Atheist, that it is random. Everything that you see is random. Well, then why do you have purpose? What's the point of time? What's the point of morality? If it's true that you are just going to die and become worm food uh, the moment you die, well, then what, what, what do you care about a legacy for your children? What do you care if you have uh, the name of a building that you've donated to this or that school or hospital wing? Right? What do you care if there's a cure for cancer? Frankly, why do you care how long you live here? Well, that's that. That's the question. If everything is just this random accident and we're all going to be worm food, why are you hanging out? Yeah. Why, why, why are you? Why are you putting yourself through this? Yeah. This is the this is the notion of the great circle, um, and I put capitals on on great and capital on I capitalize circle also. The great circle was the way life was before Abraham. And one of the greatest gifts that the Jews gave via Abraham was time. The Jews, in a sense, invented time, as we think of it. Yeah, rather than seasons, time. It was time. Before it was the great circle, literally a circle, and you were born, you worked for the emperor or the king, as it were, and you you had babies and such. You didn't even have a family, and you died. And that's the way it always was. It was just a revolving circle, never, ever changing and that's the way they understood earth altogether. There were no innovations, nothing, until Abraham went, the famous line from the Torah. Abraham went. And he went off into the distance in the, in the desert, and he, he brought in this notion of, of God. And with the notion of God came time. And that's why, by the way, you see in the Torah, and this, and he begat this, and he begat, 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 all these begats. Family trees. Right. Because that was a, a way of connoting time, denoting time. 
they, this is before they had the notion of, okay, it's the year 1776 uh, yeah, or whatever. the era of this person, yeah. the era of that person. That's the way they denoted time, which is fine. It's another way of denoting it. And it's also respecting uh, history at the same time. So actually, it's, in, a, in a sense, it's more revealing to do it that way. You know, two generations after Rebecca, for example. That would be a good way of describing something because you also give honor to that person. But no matter. The point is that it's about time. And so you as the atheist must be able to, must admit that, that you need to go back to the great circle. Because the great circle, well, that's reality, baby. That, the great circle is very similar to the way, the, the way an animal thinks. Yeah, but they if have, you, Wait, wait. If you yeah. think that we humans are merely sophisticated animals, that we just, you know, have greater capacity to... To um, destroy. To destroy. That's, to destroy. That's right. And, and, and that's what I say in my book. That they, we use our intelligence only to do hor- terrible things. That's the, that's the way that the atheist looks at it. Like, and, and they even say, <clears throat> but the earth would be better without humans. That's right. And, and that's putting aside the stupidity of that. Because in reality, earth was made for humans. Right? This universe was made for humans. Yeah. They, We're still God trying to told us our job is to tend this planet. Right. And, and we have dominion over the animals and such. Okay, and, and, and I understand that. And now I, and, and if you understand that, then you understand that your mission is to, is to find your purpose. Your mission is to create. Your, your mission is to make the world a better place. Tikkun olam, as they say. Heal the earth. Or, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, and that, like you said, going back to your loving comment, is to make us appreciate each other, to see the best in each other, to bring out the best in each other. All at the same time. Yeah, but, these are these are not things that you see in the animal world, my friends. Yeah, but look at the results of of human atheism and the big government programs that follow that are actually devolved versions of of animal life. He, animals, even in the least um, sophisticated uh, living groups, because some of them have lions, prides, whales, pods, insect swarms. Those are more sophisticated and advanced than the lowest forms of, of human existence where the, the total um, philosophies of the left and the wheel or the circle have been applied. The DMV, the welfare office, the government housing community. And, and now Obamacare and Veterans Obamacare, Administration. Yeah. Yes. Uh, these, these are held, uh, the, the uh, Indian Reservation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and those are domestic examples, let alone North Korea or the gulags of uh, the Soviet Union or the Chinese um, uh, planned community labor system. You know how they're building right. these new capitalist, as they say, societies right. where people live upstairs from where they work, but they work basically slave wages. Well, you know? yeah. in, in other words, they, they become hells on earth of disorganization. Right. The one thing that all these... Uh, institutions have in common socialism, communism, fascism, uh, dictatorships, generally speaking, but those, the, the, the nasty ones being fascism and communism in particular, they all have one thing in common, and that is they don't want any progress. They don't want any innovation to make the place better or complicated. Right. To the extent that they'll embrace any tech innovation, let's say the internet, for example, as a recent innovation, they'll use it, China, for example, more for uh, stifling progress and stifling free, uh, free speech and, for that matter, using it as a weapon to, to watch over you, the normal citizen, than it is as a true tool. Oh, isn't this great? 
Now we can use uh, the, innova- the, 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 the internet for great innovations. Let's see what we can do to explore and to make life easier for our citizens are things that the Chinese government has never said, right? Never. And never will. And never will. Yeah, not, not, not as long as they remain communist. And so it, it was with the Soviet Union. So it was with uh, the, even um, uh, every totalitarian regime ever. Yeah, Venezuela, okay? Cuba, uh, North Korea, wherever. And, and, yes. and Islam. Sadly, uh, and I'm not even talking about radical Islam, so much of modern-day Islam, th- there's very little discussion about innovation. It's about surrender, which is, as I understand it, the very definition of, it, of what the word Islam means. And it, that's not to say that uh, this or that Muslim can't be uh, a great entrepreneur, uh, cannot love freedom and democracy and such, and cannot be a great uh, inventor. Of course they can't be, but, but it's not endemic to Islam, unfortunately. And sadly, so much of the Islamic world, whether it's radical or not, lives in very squalid conditions, uh, advancing very backward thinking when it comes to women and, and gays and minorities of all kind. And they think nothing of it. They don't even think of themselves as, well, gosh, we really need to <clears throat> suppress these people because, you know, they have their natural rights. It's, it's, you know, it's not like South Africa when it was under apartheid, where the, the minority whites were trying to suppress the blacks, knowing full well that black people were human beings just like they, right? But, and then eventually, of course, they had to, uh, you know, unleash. They don't even think that way. Sadly, the Islamic world, so much of the Islamic world suppresses innovation and uh, doesn't, doesn't believe in that. And, and no surprise, it does not celebrate freedom. It wants you to surrender, as, we, as the placard famously said, to hell with your freedom. So this is, this is the notion, and this is, I guess, how I'll wrap it up, is that Atheism, you know, it's it's. Be, what's the expression? Be careful what you want; you just might get it. What right? you wish for. Careful what you wish for; you just might get it. And if you wish for a truly godless world, and if you want to be consistent with it, then you need to get rid of all notion of justice, all notion of morality, all notion of beauty or purpose, because those things only flow from God. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.